This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt just got back from a trip to Israel, and quite a few people joined him on that trip. And one of those people was John McCoy. Now, John McCoy is a partner with SOM. He's a construction supervisor. He also teaches SOM's discussion discipleship method. David, tell us a little bit more about your relationship with John over the years. Yeah, well, John not only is a partner with SOM, but he's become a dear friend. And it's such an honor to have him today. John, Thank you. welcome to At Risk Radio. And I have to say that you are a builder of big buildings. You, I've been on some of your sites and had the hard hat on and you've given me some tours and uh, it, it's an impressive work that you've done and you've done it for 34 years. But I want to get out right out of the gate. The, the thing that gets you most excited though is not the buildings, but it's a building of people and discipleship. And you've really joined us in that. You and your wife are prayer warriors. You give your, your time and discipleship and you're, ge- you're generous with your resources that of supporting much of the work around the world. Such an honor to be inspired by your life. And uh, one of the things I, I want to boast right that the gate here, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, John. John, you told me before I'm talking uh, verified by your wife, Vivian, how you, the main reason you've hung on and continue to work is to continue to fund much of the work around the world. And that's been so um, inspired to me, uh, just your heart and passion. But John, uh, give us a thumbnail for the listeners out there. Out there, how did the Lord get a hold of your heart, and what was your background? Well, thanks, David. You make me sound pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, I. It's interesting. I just uh, was texting with. I have a. I'm from a large family of boys, and uh, we had very godly parents. All of us, after we got into our teenage years, we all went a long ways away from the Lord. And I was just texting with him, asking, why is that? A lot of people that are raised by godly parents, they, you know, they get saved young and they carry on with the Lord. And man, I went a long ways away from that. It was, well, I'm past retirement age, but 30 years ago, uh, I had reached a point in my life with... uh, uh, I was drinking and drugging and and uh, and doing everything else in the world that I thought was satisfying. And uh, I ended up in in a treatment center knowing that if I kept doing what I was doing, I was going to probably kill myself. Quite sure I was. And so I was pretty desperate. You know, I went into this treatment center and, you know, next thing I know, they're talking about turning your will over to a, a higher power. And that was... Uh, Something I'd been trying not to do all my life, I guess. Anyway, I went down, I talked to the counselor about it, and he he was basically said, you don't have to have the same God your parents had. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, that tree out there, those trees wow. out there could be your God if you wanted. And I'm like, all right. Well, the Lord didn't let that go. And that night I couldn't sleep and tossed and turned. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly brought back to mind, the commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. I mean, it was just like clear as bell. I heard that commandment. Wow. And then this could be the last time. This could be your last chance. And those were just like words almost in my mind. And uh, I knew at that point that I needed to, I broke down basically and, and asked the Lord to save my life. 
I wasn't worried about eternal things so much. I just wanted mm. my life saved because I knew I was going to die if I kept doing what I was doing. But he took that simple prayer and he changed my life and uh, gave me a desire to to read his word and grow close to him. And it was a journey, but but eventually he he's really changed my he's changed me. Well, I'm I am a witness to the change, <laughs> and you know I think John, you're bringing out you're part of the world contributing to the corruption, the brokenness of the world. That's what you that was your life running from God. It sounds like, and then Amen. God poured out his grace upon you. And I like how the scripture, one of the translate, you know, one of the ways we could define translation mm. is favored, favored of the Lord. Uh, so I could truly say you're one of God's favorites. It's <laughs> biblical. It's theologically correct. And, and, and your life shows it now. And now we're, this is a leadership podcast. So God brought you out of corruption to now you're doing good. You are influencing literally the world uh, in partnership with SOM International. And, and, and then the Lord, you know, gave you, came along. I know that's a story. Unfortunately, we don't have time on this radio show to talk about Mary and Vivian, your wife and a godly woman she is. And talk about coming in relationship with SOM and the impact that that did for you. Well, <clears throat> really, it was my wife, Vivian, that that was kind of the driving force behind becoming part of SOM. We were, you know, when I married Vivian, she always had a heart for India and was actively involved in in raising funds and supporting a ministry over there. And so I joined in with her, you know, when we were married. And unfortunately, we learned later that uh, the funds we were sending weren't all being used honestly. It was, uh, it really broke our hearts because, you know, our heart was to, to uh, reach as many Indian people with the gospel as possible. And it wasn't, you know, support, (laughs) support ministries. It was just, you know, it was to share the gospel. And that was, so it was real heartbreak. And then, so we, you know, quit sending funds and, and then I guess, long story short, we went to a voice of martyr, voice of martyrdom conference and, uh, ran into Russell Stendhal. He was actually a, a speaker. It was up here in Oregon. And at the break, we went and talked to him and he had some pamphlets on his table. And one of them was about India. And, and so we struck up a conversation, uh, with Russell and spirit of martyrdom in India. And, uh, so it was, yeah, it was a spirit of martyrdom pamphlet. Anyway, so she, you know, we were very interested and she contacted you, as you know, she contacted you many times. We were totally blessed in the openness that we got from you and your, and the whole office of Spirit of Martyrdom and, and the honesty and just you getting on the phone and talking to us, having a one-on-one with us. And that's been really our experience with with spirit of martyrdom from the very beginning is um it's a it's you know we we're all part of a family and it's not a ministry that's way out there somewhere that has all kinds of offices that you don't even know about you you know everything is right out in the open and uh, honest and that's in so we were able to meet pastor singh as well at one time he, he you and uh Pastor 
Singh from India came through one time on your Northwest tour, I guess you would say, <clears throat> and uh, spent some time with us and that was a blessing. Um, so we actually were able to meet Pastor Singh from India in our home. So. You know, I've also had the opportunity to have Pastor Singh in, in my home and uh, had a sweet time with him. And uh, hey, we're here with John McCoy and we got to run to a break. But, you know, a few things I've also seen, John, over the years, I've been working alongside um, SOM for, for many years. I also own a business and I'm always concerned about things like ROI. You know, is my investment into an organization going to actually get where it's going to go? And what I know about SOM is that it always does and their admin costs are very low. And when we come back from the break, we really want to talk about this latest experience you guys had in Israel. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about how the Word is using SOM and John McCoy in the ministry around the world. We'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring two million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International, and also on the line is John McCoy. David, you just got back from a trip to Israel with John. Tell us more about it. Yeah, John, I want you to just bring out your observations of how that trip impacted you, the Holy Lands, and the people you're with. So, yeah, share what's on your heart. Well, uh, first off, my wife Vivian and I were a bit reluctant to go to Israel. We just didn't really know that that was how the Lord would have us spend his funds. And so, but after talking with David extensively about it for for some time and praying about it, we decided to go on the tour. And uh, never been never been to Israel. Really wasn't on my bucket list even to go there. But I am uh, just thoroughly grateful for the trip and what we learned there. And and David did a great job putting it together and making it so it was actually pretty reasonably cost. You know, the tour itself was a bit of a whirlwind because we would see three or four sites a day. But the real blessing, and I guess the, the land really wasn't really what I envisioned so much. It being like in Jesus's day. So that was a little different for me. You know, I kind of thought I'd see more of a land of milk, you know, flowing with milk and honey. And it just seemed like it was pretty rocky <laughs> and yeah. uh, not so flowing with milk and honey, even though they have and a lot of agriculture. That's what David said too. He's like, man, rocks everywhere. Everything's a rock. Oh, I'll tell you <laughs> that. <clears throat> well, I, I got it. I, t- I got to tell you, so we went and saw a lot of ruins, some of them that were off the beaten path even, that other tour buses wouldn't go to. And the first few were, um, Dave, you might have to help me in the name, but Corazon and Bethsaida. And they were the ones that Jesus had said, you know, if you would have realized who I was from all the miracles I've done, uh, you would have repented and turned to me. But those 
and so but they were just all rocky ruins you yeah. know and you could see the outline of foundations and and uh, houses and so tell me tell me this john i mean you, know, you had this time to hang out with david and the crew there and you were able to see some things firsthand that you had never been able to see before um what are some things you learned about your faith or learned about the lord or about the bible that you never really seen before that really you couldn't get unless you were there in israel well, I think one thing those rocky ruins really taught me, and Pastor Paul kind of brought it up. Pastor Paul was a blessing, by the way. He was he's from Wayside Bible Chapel in in Sedona, Arizona, and he was a wonderful leader mm-hmm. and very experienced and had been there many times and and he's just a blessing. I've got to got to be close friends with him, I feel like. I mean, we hit it off and we still text back and forth. But anyway, what I one thing he brought out when we were uh, in one of these ruins was that was near Nazareth is he talked about this being where Jesus and his father probably would have worked when he was a carpenter because it was close to Nazareth. It was a bustling community there. And but he, he talked about, you know, Jesus, you know, they call him a carpenter, but he most likely worked with stone more than he worked with wood because there's as you could see from the ruins, there's much more stone than there is there. And 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 then he said, you know, and what, so when you think about Jesus in your mind, realize this is a guy that was picking up these great big stones all day and probably had a few smashed fingers and strained back, and he was not he was not a uh, a wuss. I mean, this was a, this was a man's man. Jesus was, you know, he, he, and it really struck a chord with me because I've been in construction all my life and know what it's like to smash your fingers and, and, um, and strain your back. And I got to tell you, some of the words that come out of my mouth, I'm sure didn't come out of the Lord's mouth when he was doing it. (laughs) It's just really, that was one of the things that really opened my eyes was, you know, just, uh, it was rugged. And the other thing is, is how far it is between places. And I think about, you know, the other thing I love to do is, is hunt and camp when I'm hunting. And they were, Jesus and his disciples were on the road a lot. They were, you know, you didn't walk from one spot to another in a day. So they would stay out there and they would spend time together. And all of that, of course, you know, you don't, think about all of that so much. So that was, that was eye opening to me and really uh, gave me an insight more into the disciples. But I guess, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, John, I just want to jump in here. And, you know, thank you too, for you just brought some insight to me, reminding me how the scripture talks about even when Adam was put into work, the garden, that's the same word that can be translated worship, and how our work is our worship and how Jesus literally was bringing worship to the father through the building and how you connect with that. He was a builder and use that as also ultimately a platform to invite his disciples to, you know, camp and work and bless people. And, mm-hmm. and God used that of course, prepare his life. And I think that's true. One of the leadership principles that we could think about um, in our own lives as we're impacting people is that our work, is our influence, is our discipleship, is our leadership. And that's what you're certainly doing. You, you've you used the tool of the uh, DDM, Discussion Discipleship Method, with your 
pe- uh, friends and people you work with. And um, so, yeah, thank you for bringing these insights out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, time's getting away from us, Mark. Um, well, yeah, we got to bring this thing to an end. Well, a couple of things we want to encourage you to do. First of all, um, if you have the opportunity to go to Israel, it will change your perspective on the scriptures. We want to encourage you in every way we can to become a better leader as you are ministering to others and as you're trying to grow the kingdom. We invite you to get involved with those who are risking much for Jesus. You can get involved by simply subscribing to our newsletter. Our full color newsletter comes out every month. It features stories from all over the world, from those who are serving on the front lines in the most restricted areas for the gospel. You can sign up for that at atriskradio.com. And, uh, you know, we're supported, David, we're supported as people donate to the bookstore in exchange for books. Uh, Your book is there. There's a book from, you know, uh, about India that just came out that's uh, sitting there. And we would love uh, for you to give a donation and get a book in return. You can find that bookstore at spiritofmartyrdom.com. John, before we close, though, I would like you to actually make a comment of encouragement. You're a guy who knows the ministry inside and out. You know the global directors. You're involved in every level. How would you encourage others uh, to get involved from what you've seen, just because we close out here? Well, uh, you mentioned, you know, discussion, discipleship method. And that's been a real life changer for me and being involved in it. And I was just thinking about, you know, it helps you put the word of God in your heart. And SOM has really taught me how to do that through the DDM method. And just like, you know, I started in my testimony, you know, that my parents put that word in my heart, you know, you shall have no other God before me. Putting the word of God in your heart is what is going to change your life. And, And that's really what I'm learning through DDM and how to share it and how to help other people put the word of God in their heart. It's impacting a lot of people. I can, I can, I've used it to lead Bible studies and my wife uses it. And so SOM has just been a life changer, not only through helping us ministries around the world, but locally as well with DDM. Yeah. Also, you know, I pastored a church for a while and uh, some of our Bible studies were centered around that uh, DDM method. And it was really effective as far as helping people to be able to internalize the word of God and really think through how the application would apply to them. Um, David, they can find that information at the Spirit of Martyrdom website or where can people find out more information about DDM? Yeah. So they go to www.spiritofmartyrdom.com. We have some information online and of course, contact us. We'd love to talk to everybody directly. We have a staff member. That's her oversight. So uh, let us know. All right. Well, until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.